The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I send it. Welcome to another program with Truths to Live By, a ministry of Harriman Baptist Tabernacle in Harriman, Tennessee. You're listening to Brother Benjamin Cooley. I pray we would be a blessing to you today. saved us from our sins, our lives are now in God. We desire the Holy Word to order where we trod. All for Christ, yet anything for self we count as dross. We're pilgrims with a crown our Bibles open today to the book of John, chapter number one. We want to close out the thought concerning Christ and creation. John chapter one, first a word of prayer, and then we'll get to today's message. Father, I come now in Jesus' name. Thank you for the time now to preach the word of the Lord. I pray you would bless hearts, speak to sinners, draw them by thy grace and power, and may they be born again today. In Jesus' name, and for Jesus' sake I pray, amen and amen. We're looking at the unsearchable riches of Christ. Our first thought was to set the context in Ephesians 3 surrounding that phrase. We then moved to John chapter 1, and we're looking at Christ and creation. To go all of the way back to creation is to see Christ Jesus as the sovereign. John 1, verses 1 through 5. I give you verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Yes, Christ is the sovereign creator. He is the eternal God, pre-existent before this world ever began. Yea, he is eternally existing as the Son of God. He is self-existent, equal, and one with the Father, and one with the Holy Spirit. But then he is powerful. 
wielding the power of creation and of comprehension. But then we saw him as Christ, the Savior, beginning with verse 6 down through verse 13. There is the witness of John, that messenger who was sent to bear witness of the light. He was a man sent from God. But then there is the witness of Jesus Christ himself. He is the mediator, the sure, shining, and saving light. I give you verse number 12. But as many as received him, received Jesus Christ, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Yes, Jesus Christ is the Savior. But today we see him as the servant. And I give you verse number 14 to begin. And the word was made flesh. Who is this word? This is the word which is God. John 1.14 And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Christ is the servant. As sovereign, he is pre-existent and powerful, self-existent. As Savior, he is both the life and the light that all men need in order to be saved from sin and the darkness of death and hell in eternity. But as the servant, we see him here as infinite, yet incarnate. God became man. And thus he stooped down to the level of inferiors like you and I and all of the human race. And the God-man, even Jesus Christ, served his creation. For thirty-three and around one-half years, Jesus Christ walked and talked, traveled and talked, prophesied and preached. Yes, he lived and he died among the sons of men. He came as a servant would come, according to Philippians 2, 7, in humility and meekness. Notice first the summary of his incarnation. To be incarnate means that God took on flesh. The miracle of the incarnation or the miracle of the Word. John 1.14, And the Word was made flesh. To consider Christ's incarnation is truly to encounter things too wonderful, too mighty, too holy, too infinite to fully comprehend. What a miracle indeed that God would be with us. Think back to Isaiah 7, 14, the prophecy which we see fulfilled and recorded in Matthew chapter 1 and verse 23. Christ Jesus is the infinite one and the word. We've dealt with this already. Verses 1 through 5 is none other than the person of our Lord Jesus, even the second person of the Godhead. 1 John 5 and verse 7, praise God for this wonderful, glorious reality, for there are three 
that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. Remember Revelation 19, 13. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. Since Christ is the Word, he is God's answer to the needs of mankind. He is God's Word sent down to humanity from heaven on high. He is thus the expression of God's emotions, the declaration of God's mind, the revelation of God's character, the fulfillment of God's will, the means of God's redemptive purpose, the embodiment of God's person in His infinity. Our Lord Jesus is very God of very God. In His incarnation, He is very man of very man. He is both God and man all at one and the same time. Then He is not only the infinite one and the Word, but the Word was made. He is therefore the incomparable one. How did the Word, or God, become flesh? It was through a miraculous birth. It was through, yes, the impossible, a virgin giving birth to a child, yet that which is impossible with men is possible, yes, easily possible with God. Genesis 3.15, our Lord prophesied of this long before it happened. Isaiah repeated it, Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Matthew talked about the virgin birth, chapter 1 of the Gospel of Matthew, verses 18 through 25. Luke talked about the virgin birth, Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. And now John talks about the virgin birth, John chapter 1, verse 14. And the word was made flesh. Paul would talk about it, Galatians 4, 4. And when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son to be made of a woman, to be made under the law, to redeem them that were under the curse of the law. Yes, when those times would be fulfilled of which Daniel had prophesied at just the right moment in history, that is in God's story, his story, the Messiah, the son of man would be born of a woman, even God would become flesh. To deny the virgin birth of Jesus Christ is to deny the deity of Christ and to lay hold of another Jesus. As mentioned in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 4, even a Jesus who is foreign to the Holy Scriptures, this would be the Jesus of the Seventh-day Adventists and the Jesus of the cult of the Jehovah's Witness and the Jesus of the cult of the Mormons and on and on we could go for the word to be made flesh is for him to become that which he formerly was not. He was eternally God, and now he is man. He became man, but he never ceased to be God. No one has ever had a birth like his, nor a life like his, nor a death like his, nor a resurrection like his. He is the incomparable one in a category all by himself. He's preeminent, and he stands alone and above all others. There's none before him, none beside him, all are beneath him. He assumed flesh, and it was both miraculous and momentous. Everything changed when Jesus came and stepped into his creation through the womb of that virgin named Mary. 
From that day forward, all things would be different from every perspective, from heaven's view, from earth's view, and even from hell's view. But then he is not only infinite and incomparable, but the word was made flesh. So he is the incarnate one. He was clothed in a body like unto ours, yet without sin. And the historical facts of the incarnation are wrote out clearly in 1 Timothy 3.16 and without controversy. Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. And what a wonderful truth and story it is. This account of Christ's resurrection, life, light, and love has come down to man from heaven above. Truth and virtue lived and breathed among men, even the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity, condescended to save those whom he loved from eternal peril and eternal punishment in death, hell, and the lake of fire. Thank God Jesus came. Glory, glory to his name. We thank you for making this ministry a part of your day. And in closing, we want to point you to the words of our Lord in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4. He answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And truly, it is written. God's word, every word, presents us with truths to live by. You've been listening to Brother Benjamin Cooley. Please send all correspondence to Truths to Live By, P.O. Box 575, Harriman, Tennessee, 37748. Or you can email us at bmarkcooley at gmail.com. And finally, brethren, pray for us.